current events. Cutting edge. Faith. It's, it's awesome. Encouragement on the go. <laughs> it's the SOS Radio Podcast. Making friends as an adult. It's a little tougher than it was in high school, right? I'm Scott Harold on SWS Radio. We're talking with Maddie Montgomery. He's an author and a pastor in Tennessee, but he's also leading the Alter Men's Conference with Derek Carr. They're organizing this together at the Thomas and Mac. It's coming up in the new year on April the 8th and the 9th. You and Derek had a vision, not just to connect guys to each other, but also to God. Well, we've got some exciting details are, are coming together. We, you know, really where this came from, man, is years ago, a young man I was discipling, Derek Carr, called and he said, hey, I, I, I want to put on a conference and I, I want to give people a space to encounter and exalt Jesus. And so we, we just began dreaming together and God began, you know, really giving us some direction and clarity on it. And we did the first altar conference back in 2019. Had 15,000 people come and join us. God TV partnered with us and broadcasted all over the world. You know, Jeremy Riddle and Stephanie Gretzinger and Francis Chan and many others joined us. Leaders from Tasha Cobbs Leonard and, and leaders from all around the country came. And man, God just moved in amazing and powerful ways. We saw people that had never been in church before experience Jesus. We saw pastors get a, a fresh wind, you know, and then go back to church the next day. It was a Friday and Saturday event. Go back to church the next day and, and see their whole church just flipped on its head, man. And, and um, even still, we're getting reports from pastors over two years later that are saying, man, we're still feeling the impacts. We're still enjoying the fruit of, of what God did that weekend. And, you know, as things were happening around our nation and, and we sort of looked around a little bit, and I think Derek and I both I think heard the heart of God for our nation in unity said, you know what we need in America is men of God. We need kingdom fathers and brothers and husbands back in church. We need them in the streets. We need them in the marketplace. We need them in our homes. You know, we need kingdom men to take the lead in this nation again, to take responsibility, to serve and protect and bless and honor the people that are around them. We are calling men together. We've rented out the Thomas and Mac, 18,000 men we're expecting to join us. People are going to be there from Australia, from Europe, to take a stand for the worthiness of Christ and to declare, you know, that our children and our children's children will grow up in a nation where Jesus is is Lord, for real, in practice, not just in, in speech. We're talking with Maddie Montgomery, and he's going to be leading the Alter Men's Conference with Derek Carr from the Raiders. Corey Asbury is going to be doing some worship, and they're going to be announcing a whole lot of other speakers by the end of this year. But if you want to find out more, thealterconference.com has all the details. It's funny how we're all placed right where we are for such a time as this, kind of like Esther in the Old Testament of the Bible, or like the disciples were when Jesus walked up and they're pulling their nets out. And he's like, hey, follow me. Like, like what? Like right now? Like, yeah, follow me. Like, and they went and sold their business or just left it. It was like, dad, I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm going to go follow Jesus. Honey, I'm not sure what the next three years are going to look like, but, uh, you know, financially, um, I'll send some money when I can. You can imagine I the conversation. I just can't live without him. That these guys I, are I having. Can't live without him. I got to be with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like God calling us as men to step up. I mean, it was interesting because a few years back we were talking to our mayor in Las Vegas and just talking about like, what are the biggest social needs in this city, particularly? And she said, number one, the issue is addiction. Number two, it's the breakdown of the family. Jobs, homelessness, I would probably flip those. education, and human trafficking 
were the big issues. And then since then, you know, she's also said like, hey, a lot of the racial tension and things like that we can add into the mix. But, you know, addiction breeds a lot of those other things. And the breakdown of the family breeds a lot of those things. Well, when you think about a town that markets the sin nature to get people to come here, you know, you're going to notice there's a lot of addiction that fuels into that. But... But when we see crime and you see the patterns, you see that a lot of those patterns replicate when the dad's incarcerated or the mom's incarcerated into the kids. And when the parents aren't around, you see those crime patterns just exponentially grow. And we've got an opportunity as guys to step up here, Maddie. It's not just an opportunity. I think it's a need. Uh, you know, I think that the fate of our nation depends on it. I think that the safety and the security of our society at large depends on on men being men not men being violent aggressive you know meatheads who hate everybody and are always like slamming beers right that's that's not what it means but to use our god-given strengths and abilities to lift up the women and the children around us this isn't just about reaching men this is about reaching our nation and if we can get a hold of men i believe that we'll see women protected we'll see children saved we'll see communities revitalized and i think it starts with men taking responsibility for the world around them really stepping up for the sake of of what's right and true and good oh we're talking with maddie montgomery today at swiss radio and he's leading the ultra men's conference coming up april the 8th and the 9th over at the thomas and mac and you've been working with Derek carr you guys have been friends for a lot of years yeah since, since back when he was in college we got connected at an event I was speaking at in California. And I said to him something I've said to a lot of young men through the years. I said, man, if you're going to fail in your faith walk, it won't be for lack of resources. And so I said, why don't you take my number? If you need a shoulder to cry on, you need prayer. If you need advice to talk through something and you just need somebody that's not in your, you need somebody that doesn't need you, you know, whose paycheck doesn't depend on your performance, somebody in your circle that you can confide in, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be that for you. And so he called a few days later and said, what's the Lord been teaching you? You know, feed my spirit. And so uh, I shared with him some of what I had been seeing and learning. And he called back a week later and he said, hey, all right, I did everything you talked about last week. Now what? Tell me what's next. And, uh, you know, he's called once a week, every week since since then. It's been about eight years since before he was in, in the, the NFL. So he got drafted and we obviously we followed his career and cheered him on and, and are so proud of him and the stand that he's taking for his faith and uh, his his investment into things that are eternal, you know, wanting to see, you know, Las Vegas not just entertained with football, but to see Las Vegas really impacted with the gospel in a way that's way more meaningful than just touchdowns or trophies could ever be. But in addition to, to Derek, we, this has never been announced publicly, actually. Uh, we're going to announce it later that Corey Asbury is going to be joining us. He's, he's just signed on. We've got some other leaders that are uh, confirmed that I'm not able to tell you. But um, I'm telling you, man, God is, is really favoring this event. He's favoring Las Vegas. He's bringing some amazing visionary leaders together around Derek to really help exalt Jesus and, and impact the lives of the men that come to this thing. It's going to be a big deal. You know, you find that a lot of guys just aren't really connected and maybe it's the busy nature of what we're doing or maybe it's just that we're apathetic or maybe it's just that we think we're supposed to hold it together. But that's why we're having these sort of conversations because number one, like having a faith journey, it doesn't work when you just try to do it on your own. You're going to burn out. You're going to fizzle out. And that's not why Jesus came. 
He came to fill us with his Holy Spirit, but also to replicate that and disciple others and to do that in community. I mean, he created the church for a reason, and we don't get to just do our faith on our own without the context of a church community. It's not possible to walk the Christian walk alone. It's fundamentally communal. You know, I've said for years that your personal faith in Jesus Christ is not the same thing as private faith in Jesus Christ. It's got to work itself out if it's going to be something that you truly hold or or steward. Maddie, when you think about the guys that have sort of come into your life, maybe when you didn't even want it, when you're starting to grow in your faith and you're like, I need help because my wife can't be all things for me. Only Jesus can be all things for me. But I need some guys in my life, that iron sharpening iron. I need those guys to kind of call me out when I'm being stupid and hold me accountable and say, hey, man, this doesn't really align with what God's word says, even though it feels like it's what the right thing is or it looks like what culture wants you to do. You know, going back to God's word as our foundation has to be the key to that. And a lot of times it takes other guys in our life that we're in community with to steer us in that direction. Exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, I um, started playing in a band a long time ago and I, the band started getting popular. Our ministry was growing or reaching more people. And, you know, I never really felt proud of that. I felt scared by it more than anything. And so back in 2012, I had a friend in the ministry that called and he said, Hey, I feel like I need to introduce you to my spiritual father, the pastor of a church down in Mobile. Aaron Smith is his name. He said, I I want you to, uh, you know, I I just feel like I'm supposed to introduce you guys. And I met this guy and had one conversation with him. I called my wife afterwards and I said, I think we need to move to Mobile and get close to this man. The interesting thing, we've been in in relationship now for, I don't know, eight or nine years. And we were a part of his church there in Alabama for seven years. And during that time, I was never on staff. I spent more time doing yard work at his church than I did preaching at his pulpit. But I, uh, I had somebody that would say, Hey, you know, I know that the ministry, the ministry is doing great, but how's your marriage doing? You know, how's your personal prayer life doing. You know, he, at one point he sat me down and he said, why don't you walk me through your monthly budget? Let's look at your finances. You know, and those are the things that you don't maybe hear from a pulpit and people aren't writing best-selling Christian books about some of the internal stuff, right? But, you know, everybody wants to know how to build a a mega ministry, but nobody wants to know how to, you know, ask your wife for forgiveness, (laughs) right? Nobody wants to know how to balance your finances. And so having a, a, you know, a real father in my life that would, you know, call me in terms of character higher was a vital thing. Man, you can learn how to build a ministry online. I could watch videos of T.D. Jakes preaching on YouTube if I want to learn how to preach a sermon. I needed a man (laughs) to teach me how to raise my kids, how to love my wife, how to take care of my own heart and make sure that I guard that. Those are the things that have saved my life in ministry more times than I can count. I'm so grateful, you know, for that. And and I've got a, a big network of brothers, guys, some that are in the ministry, some that are in business and other things. Uh, that I, I confide in that'll call me out of the blue and say, hey, man, I need prayer for this. Or that'll call me and say, hey, you know, God put you on my heart. What's going on with you? And um, having those people that are really outside of our, you know, immediate, like for, for me, everybody that I'm around, I'm pastoring most of the time as a senior leader of a church between my staff or the congregants here. I'm sort of a leader in the life of most of these people. And so having those guys that are, you know, outside of my congregation, that can come alongside me and lift my arms when I'm, I'm tired and, and pick me up. Man, that's it's saved my marriage. It saved my ministry. It saved my walk with the Lord. I'm so grateful. And uh, the truth is, man, it's just not possible to walk out the Christian faith alone. And God designed it like that on purpose because we actually glorify God when we walk in fellowship with each other. 
We're talking about how we can't do our faith alone, and I'm Scott Harold with SWS Radio. We're talking with Maddie Montgomery today, and he's leading the Altar Conference with Derek Carr, Corey Asbury, and a lot of other dynamic leaders and speakers and worship leaders. And it's going to be music. There's going to be a time to connect with other guys. And Maddie, when you think about all the churches in our city, you know we want to be united. We all talk about how we want to have unity, but then we kind of do our own thing, or we look at like Christmas. Hey, we're doing this. Easter, we're doing this. You know. Maybe we'll do a retreat here and there, but you know what? It's like finding ways to be united and and solve problems in our city. I mean, Vegas has a lot of them, and families are struggling, marriages are struggling, our kids are hurting. And you know, Maddie, what's the best way for churches to get involved in the altar conference coming up in April if they're just thinking like, hey, we're just kind of doing our thing, but like, how do we plug in with you? Things like the altar conference are a phenomenal way for churches to cooperate in a way that can be really impactful, but still, I recognize that every church has its own sort of DNA, right? Its own culture. We Obviously, we share a lot of the core values, the lordship of Jesus, the authority of scripture, the great commission. These are things that all of us, you know, esteem and, and we, we hold dear, but, you know, it looks different in every house. And I think that's actually a strength of ours. It's a beautiful thing. I think some of the value that comes to the table with something like the altar conference is that, you know, I don't live in Vegas. I'm not building a ministry in Vegas. Derek isn't building a ministry in Vegas. Nobody's launching a church out of this. You know, I'm not saying to all the people at your church or anybody else's church that they should come to our thing instead of their church. This is something that we want to come to just throw fuel on the fire of what God is already doing there. And so practically, you know, if people want to be involved, it's really simple. I want you uh, you as a man and, and your friends and your brothers and your co-workers and your friends from church, your pastors and leaders and, and guys that you lead, small group members, whoever, to lend your voices to this movement and to come stand shoulder to shoulder with me and Derek and Corey and, and the others that are going to be there as we exalt Jesus from Las Vegas, Nevada, in a way that the entire world is going to feel. You know, having this desire to be used by God is something that we all feel. Sometimes we don't really know what to do with that. You know, we all have our day-to-day jobs. We've got our kids that we're running to like 50 million activities all throughout the week if we don't carve out the margin. But we're talking with Maddie Montgomery today at Swiss Radio, and he's leading the altar conference with Derek Carr, Corey Asbury, and a lot of other leaders. But a lot of our churches here in town are plugging in to put this together, just to, to dig into the unity behind it. But having that desire to be used by God. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live that out. And I think for a lot of guys, we're so busy. We know that maybe God's given us a talent or two here and there. But when it comes to like the spiritual gifts, where do you think we should start to even flesh out what God's brewing there, Maddie? You know, we get so fixated on reaching or changing the world that we forget that, that where that starts is right here. That revival, revival starts in, in the home, but revival in the home starts in the heart. And so, man, for, for me, as I continue to cultivate a personal fire of intimacy with the Lord, what happens is that that changes the way I speak to my wife and kids. It changes the way that I walk into the gas station. You know, it changes the way that I walk through the grocery store. It changes the way I conduct myself at parent-teacher meetings or soccer games or, or whatever. Just as I'm going throughout my life, if I'm so full of Jesus that I just can't hide him, what's going to happen is that the other parents of kids on my, my kid's soccer team, they're going to feel that. Something's going to happen. And um, God's going to use us not because we are skilled or resourced, but because we are invisible. This is why John prayed, John the Baptist prayed in John 3.30, he must become greater, I must become less. 
That's got to be the obsessive goal of our life as men. I don't want to lead my family. I want Jesus to lead my family. I don't want to build my ministry. I want Jesus to build my ministry. And so my goal is to get so full of him that when people look at me, they see him. And when people hear from me, they hear him. And I think if that can happen, then being used by God will become just as natural to us as being wet is to water. It'll, <laughs> it'll just be who we are because we're so saturated in him. Maddie, what have you noticed about God being a father that maybe a lot of us in American Christianity sort of just gloss over? My father died of cancer when I was eight years old. And so I was raised in the house with my younger sister and my mom. You know, I, I read these verses when I was a kid about God being a father to the fatherless. And they felt like salt in the wound, if I'm honest. You know, I it felt like a moral victory, right? I don't have a dad, but oh, God's my dad. It's like when someone's family member dies and you say, well, they'll always be with you in your heart. It's like, well, <laughs> like, yeah. I'd rather them be with me at my dinner table. Like that, right? That yeah. would be much better. Like I need actual help. I don't need moral victories. You know, I, I don't need uh, some sort of pat on the head. It's going to be okay. Just have a positive, optimistic outlook. I need real help. And man, what I have found through the years is that that's not just hyperbole. God's not just a father to the fatherless in the same way that, you know, a dead family member is always with you in your heart. Like God is an active and involved father. He has brought me through situations that have sharpened and strengthened me. He has uh, carried me when I've been weak. He's protected me. I mean, I could go through hours and hours of stories in my life when if I would have made one different decision, even before I was walking with the Lord, if if one opportunity would have, have come or, or one thing might have been different, I, I would have died or, or my life would look totally different. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. But I think if I had to put my finger on one thing that I've learned from God as Father, it is His His relentless love, His faithfulness to continue to love me even when I was unlovable, to continue to do what's best for me, even when I don't want it, to continue to confront me with the reality of his favor and his love and his kindness, even when I can make a very strong case for all the reasons that I don't deserve those things. He just decided in his heart, kid, I'm going to love you and there's nothing you're going to ever be able to do to make me stop. And I think for me, that has been so, it's made me feel embarrassed and ashamed and guilty. It's convicted me. It's drawn me out of my sin, not because he has been wagging his finger in my face, like, how dare you make that same mistake again, but because he deserves better from me. Because he who loves me more than anyone else, he wants better for me. He's called me to better than sin and, and self-destruction and compromise. And so I think as a son of God, I've just been astonished by the relentless love of, of my heavenly father. He just keeps showing up every day and he just keeps loving me. No matter how many times I try to convince him that he shouldn't, he just keeps loving me and there's nothing I can do to make him stop. And now as a father, I've got three little boys of my own. I think that's, I may not have all the answers, but if I just show up every day and care about my boys and their well-being, I think they're going to be all right. And I think as, as fathers, we get so overwhelmed and intimidated by how little we know, how unprepared we feel for fatherhood. And I don't know the answers and I haven't read the books and I'm not an expert on this. And these babies have needs that I don't know how to, how to meet. But I think we can take a page out of the book of our Heavenly Father and we can just keep showing up. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. The Bible says it hundreds of times because it's critical that we remember this. His faithful love, it really does endure. It just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. And I think as fathers, if we could take 
one lesson from God, it's this. We just got to keep going. We got to keep showing up every day. The days that are hard show up tomorrow again. The days that are easy and glorious show up the next day with enthusiasm and energy and passion and love for your kids. And you're going to be just fine. Now, we're talking with Maddie Montgomery today at SWS Radio, and he's going to be speaking and sharing at the Alter Men's Conference, something that he and Derek Carr from the Raiders are putting together this spring, April the 8th and the 9th. It's going to be the Thomas and Mack, and we want to pack it out with men in our city. I mean, we have many of you plugging in from Southern California and Montana and Idaho and Las Vegas and Arizona, and you can drive in, you can fly in. It's going to be an amazing time, Maddie. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a really, really special weekend. In fact, if there are women that are hearing about this and they're thinking, hey, I want to have a hand in this, you know, we have taken a page out of uh, Charles Spurgeon's book. He he used to keep what he called a boiler room ministry. And that is that in the basement of his church, he would have a couple hundred people that would be down there in prayer when he would when he'd be preaching up at the pulpit. They say that if he felt like the crowd was starting to disengage, that he would stomp on the stage so that the people downstairs would know, you got to pray harder. We need breakthrough right now. And so we are actually, we've rented not only the Thomas and Mack Center, but we've rented a venue that's connected to the Thomas and Mack Center called the Strip View Pavilion that can fit 500 women. And we're calling mothers and wives and daughters and sisters to come there. During that time, they're going to be praying for the men. There's going to be uh, some ministers that come in there as well. Not the men, but we're going to have some special guests joining us in there as well. And these women are going to have not just an awesome time in fellowship and communion, uh, but they're going to be able to pray and intercede for the salvation and the freedom of the men in their lives that may be in the other room. So we're inviting women to come and join us to be a part of what we're calling the boiler room as well. So wherever you're from in in the nation or the world, we would love to have you. Man, I, I really think that this is going to be something that 10, 20, 30 years from now, we look back on and say, God, God started something important that day. Put it on your calendar, April the 8th and April the 9th. Thomas and Mack in Las Vegas. Thanks, Maddie. Hey, yes, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.